The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? How are you now? <laughs> uh, we got a lot to get to in this one, don't we? Don't we now? Uh, the Montreal Canadiens lose by a score of 5-2 to two to the uh, Florida Panthers. Hello and welcome to episode 34 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Size and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and I am pissed off. I'm pissed off. Um, and this time, I'm not pissed off whatsoever at the effort of the Montreal Canadiens in that game. They did fantastic, as far as I'm concerned, uh, especially given the circumstances that they had to deal with going into this game. Uh, they, they made it a game. This is, this is a Panthers team that destroyed the Tampa Bay Lightning the other day, 9-3. to And the Habs lost to the Lightning. So the, the fact that they even made this a game for as long as they did, it's a testament to this team's character, to their ability to fight. Um, I was super impressed. There was a lot of players that I was impressed with. Um, probably most of all, Nick Suzuki and Jonathan Drouet, I, I think were, were the best, but we'll get to that. The first thing I want to touch on here today, this game should never have fucking happened. The fact that the NHL allowed this game to go on, given the circumstances, is reprehensible. Completely reprehensible. The Montreal Canadiens are in the midst of a full COVID outbreak. Before the game, they announced that uh, Alexander Romanov and Jake Evans were both going on to the COVID protocol. So they made, between the two of them, that made 16 players currently in the COVID protocol for the Montreal Canadiens, a full-on outbreak, right? This means that there's probably more players on the Habs roster that were on the ice today playing against the Florida Panthers who either are positive for COVID uh, or should be in the protocol as a result of direct or close proximity to guys who were tested positive. So... You literally allowed this game to go on ostensibly, and probably not ostensibly, it's probably 100% what Frank Saravalli tweeted out, which is that this is, because the Montreal Canadiens are a big draw in Florida, it's one of the best ticket sale games for the Florida Panthers when the Montreal Canadiens are in town, and that's why the NHL allowed it to go on. Apparently there was talks about postponing the game ahead of time, and uh, Dominique Cham said, well, the final decision was with the league, and guess what? They chose profit over protecting the health of their players. Plain and simple. All of the Habs' home games have been postponed, and why? Because they want to be able to reschedule those when the Habs can have fans, because for revenue-sharing purposes, the Montreal Canadiens, obviously, they always sell a lot of tickets. It doesn't matter. But no, the Montreal Canadiens playing with only 16 skaters as a result of injuries as well as COVID, and in the middle of a full outbreak, have to go out there to fucking prop up the ticket sales of a team that can't sell tickets even though they're in second place in the goddamn Atlantic Division. Right? So, (laughs) I don't really want to get into that too much, but like maybe you shouldn't have a hockey team in Florida if you really need to risk the health of players just so that you can get some ticket sales in this season. Maybe, 
being in second place in the Atlantic Division should be enough for you to sell tickets. Maybe it should. Maybe as a Florida Panthers fan, right? So if there's any Florida Panthers fans listening to this, you should be pissed off too. Your team's in second place, right? Do you really want a COVID-riddled team going out there, playing against you? What if your players get infected, right? Right now, the, the Panthers are in second place right behind the, the Tampa Bay Lightning. They have three games in hand. What if a bunch of their players end up positive now? What if the outbreak in Montreal spreads to Florida, which is incredibly likely, and then your run uh, to try and usurp Tampa Bay for the first spot in the division ends up affected as a result? Wouldn't you be pretty pissed off about that? Wouldn't that be something that maybe, you know, as, as a team you would want to avoid? I don't see how either team wanted to play this game. Right, like if I was on either side, I, I'm I don't want to be out there. I don't want to risk it. But they did, they did, and now maybe this outbreak for the Habs is going to spread to Florida, and they're they're a legitimate cup contender. They're a legitimate Eastern Conference cup contender, and it might have a significant impact on their position in the standings moving forward. This game just shouldn't have been played. It shouldn't have been played. I'm I'm disgusted at the NHL for letting it go on the the players association should take some blame as well they should be stepping in and saying something about this because they're supposed to be protecting the players but i guess you know they want the revenue sharing up too so game went on shouldn't have but it went on so what happened uh as i mentioned the habs made it a game for as long as they could they could um i'm not going to do a full recap of it but let's talk about it a little bit because it was interesting that they were able to make it a game 30 seconds into it I mean, we thought we were about to see exactly what everybody was predicting, which was a absolute rout, right? 9 nothing or something like that. Anton Idzklair, he throws a beautiful behind-the-back pass below the goal line, finds Sam Bennett out front. Just like that, it's one nothing. But the Habs stick with it. You know, first period was tight. The shots were even. Jonathan Drouin gets a tip on a Sammy Niku point shot a couple of minutes later, and just like that, it's 1-1. That's how the first period would end. Shots about even. Scoring chances, about even. I, I was flabbergasted. I was just waiting all period for the wheels to come off, and, and they didn't. The Habs were doing really well. Going to the second period, uh, it's still pretty even throughout the first half of the period. Habs take a penalty. Nick Suzuki playing some excellent hockey in this game. He draws a penalty of his own, right, to make it 4-on-4. Four four. And then in the 4-on-4, four four, guess who capitalizes? Nick Suzuki. Uh, Jesse Alonen takes a shot. It rebounds right over to Nick Suzuki at the side of the net. Wide open cage. He fires it in. It's 2-1. to one. The Montreal Canadiens have a lead in a game they have no business being in. And then the wheels came off. Assisted by the officials in this game. Cole Caulfield has a breakaway. He gets, uh, well, not hooked. A lot of people were saying it was a hook, but really uh, Frank, Frank Vitrano reached around with his stick and it was, it was more of a hold than it was a hook. But it should have been a penalty shot and they call nothing. No penalty, no penalty shot. Then uh, they do call a hook on Corey Schooneman, and uh, Alexander Barkov scores, makes it 2-2, two to two, right? Ties it up. Then they, uh, the refs, they blew down a play because uh, Samuel Montembeau's mask came off. Uh, usually you are supposed to blow that down, but they're not supposed to blow it down when the Montreal Canadiens are skating with the puck out of their zone with basically a four-on-two. Not supposed to blow the, puck, uh, blow the play down in that case, but they did. So, of course take away maybe another scoring opportunity for the Montreal Canadiens. And then Nick Suzuki gets a breakaway. He gets hooked during the breakaway. Guess what? No penalty shot, no penalty, nothing. Apparently hooking's not a penalty anymore to these refs because the Florida Panthers are supposed to win, so let's help them along on that path, right? 
Um, and then, um, yeah, the, the, the Panthers, to their credit also, they were the superior team, and they, they did take over the play uh, from that point as well. It wasn't just the refs. It wasn't just the refs. They, they definitely played their part. But, of course, Frank Vitrano, same guy who hooked Caulfield on his breakaway, or held him, sorry, uh, drives the net late, one-hand redirects a Sam Reinhardt pass into the net, makes it 3-2. to two. Mackenzie Wieger scores 20 seconds into the third period. The Panthers would add one more later on in that period, making it 5-2. to two. I honestly was so impressed by the valiant effort of the Montreal Canadiens. Again, they made it a game for as long as they could. The Florida Panthers, they needed a shorthanded Montreal Canadiens roster and help from the officials to get their 5-2 to two win. And we were going into this game thinking it was going to be like 9-0 or something. So incredibly, incredibly impressive effort from the Montreal Canadiens. Silver lining of the night. I'm going with, uh, t- I'm going twofold on this one. Jonathan Drouin and Nick Suzuki. They both played like, I don't know, close to 25 minutes on the night ridiculous amount of ice time for those guys and they both came to play they both came to play they both scored uh they were both leaders out there Jonathan Drouet had had an A on his sweater for this one he was an assistant captain in that game and um former Habs Eyes on the Prize editor Marc Dumont pointed out you know Nick Suzuki some of the things he does like the way he's playing out there that looks like a potential future captain for the Montreal Canadiens and I agree 100% I've been partial to Brendan Gallagher for the most part um, and, and I kind of still am partial to Brendan Gallagher as the next captain, but I think Nick Suzuki is a pretty damn good candidate for that. Uh, especially, you know, you look at the way he played in that game, he was leading that team. Um, they when, when they went down in the second period, and um, they're, they're down a man, he goes out there, just sheer will draws a penalty, and then he's the guy to capitalize on the fact that he drew that penalty. Yeah, it, it was an amazing effort from him. And Jonathan Drouin, you know, from, from the very drop of the puck in the first period, he was flying out there. He was playing like he was pissed off that he missed the last game. And it showed. I mean, it, it was an excellent effort by both those guys. It was an excellent effort from a lot of people. Um, from the net out, even Montembeau, uh, you know, he got scored on five times, but he played pretty well. It, it wasn't bad. But those two, again, they're my silver lining because of how well they played. But realistically, you could say the silver lining was this team didn't quit. Uh, it would have been easy for them to just fold. And, and you know, if they lost 9 nothing, it would have been what everybody expected. But they fought and they made it a game for as long as they could. Now, aside from the, the COVID risk, right, there was also, of course, the risk of injuries, right? This is another reason why the NHL shouldn't let this game go on because Montreal was incredibly shorthanded. Playing players that much in a game could exacerbate the risk of injury. Luckily, there were no injuries as a direct result of fatigue, but, of course, it's the Montreal Canadiens. So there's no way they were going to escape that game unscathed. Early on in the first period, Sam Bennett, you know, he comes in, throws a c- clearly dirty headshot, direct contact to the head on uh, Cédric Paquette. Now, I've been rough on Cédric Paquette uh, pretty much all season, as you all know. I'm not wishing injury on anybody. I'm certainly not rish- wishing a headshot like that from Sam Bennett. Uh, absolute piece of shit, dirty hit. No call from the officials. Again, as I mentioned, the Florida Panthers did get help from the officials in this game. Uh, and that was one of the examples, right? A clear headshot right in front of the Habs net. It's not like this was hard to miss. Uh, Pocket had the puck, right? If you're a ref, you better be looking at that. Right in the slot. 
I mean, this wasn't one of those ones where you could say, oh, well, he cut into the, the trolley tracks in the offensive zone with his head down. No, he was in his defensive zone trying to clear it out, and Sam Bennett goes right at the head. Um, I, I'd be very unsurprised if the NHL has no supplemental discipline for Sam Bennett on that one because, of course, we know the wheel of justice in the NHL, it picks and chooses whoever it's going to suspend, and uh, I, I'm just, I don't expect anything from them. But it, it, was, it was a dirty hit. The refs didn't call it, and of course, Montreal gets another player down with injury. He did come back, so I have to mention that. He came back, and he almost finished the game. I think he left at some point in the third period, and now they are saying, in fact, that he is out, and they're saying it is a neck injury. So it is not a concussion, luckily, but it's a neck injury, so who knows how, how long he's going to be out now. I don't even know who the Montreal Canadiens are going to ice in their next game. Luckily for them, uh, they don't play again until, what, January 12th. So we do have close to two weeks off. And that was apparently one of the reasons why, according to uh, Pierre Lebrun, he tweeted out that the league doctors were comfortable with the game going forward and mentioned specifically that the Habs have an extended break coming up. Like, okay, cool, but you know who doesn't have a break coming up? The Florida Panthers. They play on the on January 4th, January 6th, January 8th, January 11th. Uh, so they got four games in the next span of days where the Montreal Canadiens won't be playing. So, I mean, I, I get that, you know, your league doctors said they're comfortable with the game going forward. But who's paying the fucking league doctors, man? The NHL. The NHL let this game go forward because they, they wanted the profit from it. That's it. And I, I don't even know how much profit you could have made. The, the stands didn't look very full in Florida there. I mean, they're allowed to have full buildings as far as I know. I could be wrong about that, so don't quote me on it. But it didn't look that full. I don't know how much money you could have made off that game, but I do not think it was worth it. Uh, and I think the you know fans of the Florida Panthers and the Florida Panthers organization themselves are probably going to feel the same way if, in the unfortunate event, that outbreak that the Montreal Canadiens are having spreads to them. Uh, I don't, I, I'm honestly I'm at a loss for words on that. The, the NHL, you know, what are you guys doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? En- enjoy whatever additional profit you got from that game because you, you, you might not enjoy it so much if you just kneecapped one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference by, you know, handing them a COVID outbreak just so that you could play one game against the Montreal Canadiens, who, by the way, even at full, even if the Habs were fully healthy, the, the Panthers would be probably projected to beat them. So this is like a, a almost guaranteed two points for the Florida Panthers in almost any situation at this point this season. And you're really going to make them play a game against a completely depleted Habs team that's in the middle of a COVID outbreak for what? For a few dollars? Fucking idiots. Honestly. The lot of you. Uh, <laughs> I guess uh, I'll, I'll end it there. Uh, end it on a positive note. How, how would I end this on a positive note? Um, the Habs went into Florida against a team that just beat the Lightning... 9 to 3 and they kept it to 5 to 2 which by the way again the Florida Panthers needed help from the refs and the Habs had 16 skaters 18 total players if you count the two goaltenders one of which doesn't even step on the ice he sits on the bench all game just in case he needs to come in and of the 16 players that they iced right like 5 of those guys were NHL players last year the rest of them uh, from the ECHL and the AHL. And they gave the Panthers all they could handle for about 40 minutes. I mean, you, you got to hand it to them. Given the circumstances, it was quite the game.
So, you know, kudos to them. I, I was impressed, man. Uh, I had more fun watching that game than I thought I was going to have. Obviously, got a little bit heated about the refs and heated about the fact they even played it. But you know what? Um, if you can put aside those two facts and just look at what they did out there, honestly, it, it was a heck of a lot better uh, than we possibly could have expected. So, um, again, kudos to them. I'm impressed. Um, we are running today, whoa, 16 minutes. So, vraiment, une soirée énorme pour les employés de soutien. Uh, not surprising, given that the Habs uh, are nothing but employés de soutien at the moment. Uh, we are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. Uh, I am on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. Thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, we're going to have a bit of a break. So, we're not going to be back until the next game, which currently is scheduled for the 12th of January. So, everybody have a nice break. Uh, we'll take some time, regroup a little bit, and hopefully we'll have something a little bit closer to an NHL lineup, at least a, an actually full lineup the next time the Habs are out. So uh, until then, as always, thank you again for listening, and at Evolution. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.